All right, so thanks for joining us. We're back again for an, another episode of our Amitalk Spotlight series. Uh, today we're sponsored by Xenia, the engine for modern commerce. Thank you to them for sponsoring us, as always. We're here live from shop.org, and I'm sitting here with Jameis Driscoll of Molten, CEO of Molten. So welcome, Jameis, to the show. Thank you very much. Now, Jameis and I go way back, actually. We uh, first met each other back, I think it was 2003. I was an yeah. intern in business school yeah. at, a, at a company called Profit Logic, and Jameis was actually one of my early mentors in marketing. So this is a special day for me. Yeah. So. Well, it's great um, to be back here. Yeah, thanks, man. It's good to see you. So tell us a little bit about what is Molten? Mm -hmm. So Molten is a reinvention engine for commerce. And um, you know, we see so many retailers and brands now reimagining how they want to engage a customer and to drive the right commerce experiences. And uh, the way to think about it is um, you know, we've moved in the Internet from just selling on a website as if that's sort of the magic and now getting out to the web really being a communication medium mm -hmm. between brands and consumers wherever brands and consumers meet. Mm -hmm. And we want to give brands these tools to help uh, commercialize the moment, to both create the right moments with you know, customers wherever they are, and then to make those moments selling opportunities if that's appropriate mm -hmm. for the experience. Mm -hmm. um, we do that with technology called APIs. Okay. Which take the complexity of an e-commerce platform, um, which are really optimized to deliver that uh, initial uh, UI experience to the browser, mm -hmm. and make those uh, assemblable pieces that can be delivered into any internet-enabled device, okay. channel, or experience. For example? So for example, I mean, we built an application with a company called Stance, a super hot, fast-growing brand, where they wanted to deliver a customer experience where a consumer could walk into the store, uh, pull out her smartphone, not have to download an app, go to mm -hmm. a simple website, and effectively have the point of sale in our hand and the ability to barcode scan items. So that's what we delivered. Mm -hmm. um, Record Fast Time delivered the application with Stance in seven weeks, which is unheard of wow. for enterprise tech. Mm -hmm. And um, the idea now is that there's a whole new customer experience happening in the store where the consumer now has full, full control over it. And, Walk up, barcode, uh, scan an item, you know, add it to basket, check out with Apple Pay, show a receipt at the door, and walk out, and never go to the original till. Mm -hmm. So you're essentially, I mean, in a layman's terms, almost, it, you're really creating a really flexible system for retailers, brands to really talk to their consumer yeah. in a very fast and quick way. That's exactly right. You know, we're we've hit this point. It's a curious, you know, conundrum where. Uh, everyone wants innovation, right? Mm -hmm. Innovation is definitely back in the industry, and people want to drive brand experiences that are innovative, that talk to the customer, that speak the brand language. And yet, traditionally, delivering those experiences has been really hard, really expensive, and really slow, mm -hmm. which starts to beg, what's the ROI question? Mm -hmm. and it's just this inherent grinding of the gears when we should be in a world where things are fast, iterative, highly testing, experiential. And if the you know ability to do them uh, is quick and fast, so you can go from think it to do it, you know, in a fraction of the time that you used to, well, you can afford to test. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, we think that's what the world needs right mm -hmm. now. And uh, you know, it's our goal to help mm -hmm. make that possible. And, and you said something on that point. I mean, you said something that was really interesting yesterday. We just bumped into you. Mm -hmm. We bumped into each other on the first day of the show. And then as I've sat through some different panels today, actually, what you said has become really prescient because. You use the words discovery, right? Mm -hmm. And you use the word storytelling. Mm -hmm. And that you're seeing, and that's almost the theme of the show, I feel like, as people are talking, that commerce is taking on more of that angle from a digital perspective than ever before. And that's always kind of been the purview of stores. Right. But now digital is taking that angle. Right. 
talk about how you see that evolution, if, if you don't mind, and then and specifically about how the solution then fits into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'd be happy to. Um, you know, we see you know increasingly as uh, consumer purchases divide into the camps of wants and needs. Mm-hmm. Um, the mm-hmm. needs tend to be more fulfilled in the fastest, most convenient way possible. Mm-hmm. Right? The wants, yeah. though, are really about memorializing an experience, a memory, um, a thing that we wish we could do. They're very much emotional purchases. Mm-hmm. You know, and stories you know, are the way to access the emotional quotient of that relationship between the brand and the consumer. And so more and more brands, particularly you know, the new emergent brands, which are growing so fast, mm-hmm are building their whole businesses around the concept of telling the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's content, it's rich imagery, it's emotive experiences, and trying to develop that as um, you know, an emotional connection to the buyer, which is memorialized in a purchase of a product. Right. And so, particularly as our camps mm. divide between the wants and the needs, you know, we see the importance of storytelling and brand stories and authenticity becoming really core to the digital experience. Mm-hmm. And that story needs to be told on a browser, in a store, mm-hmm. on a mobile device, wherever the brand and the consumer interact. Mm-hmm. So when you then speak to these companies, these mm-hmm. brands, and, and to your point that it seems the barriers to entry for anyone to start this is a lot less than it ever was before. Yeah. What, what is it that you say to them then along those lines, especially around Molten and, and what you guys yeah. do? Is it... Well, I mean, our first approach is we want to just understand the authentic, you know, the authenticity of the story. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it that the brand oh, wants okay. to do? Because um, it's really easy to start with sort of why are we great, but this is yeah, a, um, we're flexible. Right, we can do this, right? But, uh, but we, you know, it's about what does the brand need and want, mm-hmm. and what is their vision and their strategy? Mm-hmm. Because we've yet to meet a great brand or a great leader who didn't have a vision and a story. Mm-hmm. Um, they know. So it's funny; these stories are just coming with people, regardless. Yeah. It's just they're yeah. becoming more. Yeah. Front and center. Totally. Hmm. And um, you know, these leaders are often frustrated by, you know, I know what could differentiate my brand if only I could do X. Hmm. And hmm. that sort of the story of the things that I wish they could do meet the realities of current technology and often sort of the dream grinds down into, um, well, we could do it if we could take six months and have this project. And that sort of begets the ROI story. Yeah. And then you got to be certain before you ever yeah. take the first step. Yeah, yeah. And so we typically want to understand what it is that they want to deliver for their brand and their consumer. And, mm-hmm. and, and what does that amazing experience look like? And what would the omni-channel experience be? And try to understand that more. And then break it down into how they can help solve that at a course and speed that they've never really been able to do before. Mm-hmm. Um, we certainly could start with the APIs, but it's a long step between what right. you want to do and the technology that delivers it. I imagine a lot of companies are going through that same thought process or topic. How do you actually tease that? Like, how do you think about teasing that out? Because I think that's really interesting about mm-hmm. how you just described that. Mm-hmm. How do you tease out the, how do you get them to tell you that? That yeah. this is what I think I want. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very hard thing. Um, and it takes time in markets. Uh, and it takes time for people to really understand that it is possible. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of that is, work with customers who are innovators, who are way in front of the pack, um, who really have a history of doing these types of innovation use cases time and time again. So you're trying to suss that out up front. Yeah, and work with them. And then once they're done and delivered, then it's easy for the market to start to understand, okay, wait a second, that was possible. Mm. Uh, And it gives them permission to dream again. Mm. Um, And so that's the way we we typically do it. We also often see, because we are an open platform, we allow anyone to come in and work with our technology even before you know, we are properly customers. Mm-hmm. 
that's been a really interesting way mm. to understand how the market is thinking about new newcomers models. Because what happens is the business you know, in, uh, asks someone from their IT leadership to go find an answer to a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, point to point yeah. is kind of how I usually talk about that. Yeah, right. versus the holistic, which is what you're trying to yeah. get at. Yeah. yeah. And so then they come in, and then we get to watch and learn and okay. see what they build and ask how we can be helpful. And it's been really amazing and inspiring to see what um, what these brands are building now. Do you think that's the future, that more open mindset? Um, you know, you always hear different sides of this mm-hmm. argument. Where do you, how do you think about that? It, when you start talking about the storytelling and discovery mm-hmm. and the need to be flexible and everything's evolving, and, uh, it almost makes me lean that way. But I'm mm-hmm. curious, you, 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 with the expertise that you had, how do you, how do you think about that? Now, we certainly see a big uh, shift of mindset in the marketplace now, um, where you know, we think we're, as we say, the third wave of commerce. Mm. Um, First wave is we figured out how to sell them this thing called the internet. Okay. Uh, second wave was we figured out how to optimize that experience, mm. right? And there's a lot of things that we did through the technology curves to make mm-hmm. that possible. Mm-hmm. The third wave that we see is now we're recognizing that the traditional e-commerce website was just the first user experience. Mm-hmm. It was the first UI on this mm-hmm. thing called the web. Mm-hmm. And the web is a pervasive communication medium that mm-hmm. is always present. So mm-hmm. we don't... The web isn't a destination, mm-hmm. you know, the magic of going to be able to fulfill a transaction on this thing called the internet, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's past. Mm-hmm. Now it's about back to the basics of retail, which used to be in the store, mm-hmm. of course, and still are, mm-hmm. inspiring, romancing, building moments, and making those the transaction things that happen. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, everything is somewhat cyclical. Um, history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. Right. You know, yeah, we're right. at the next step of the rhyme. Yeah, interesting. I, I like that word. It's, it's just it's just the form of the UI. That's yeah. something. And then now, what's the next shape of the UI? Right. Especially as you start to think of the digital and the physical blend. That's a different way of yeah. thinking about it. I love yeah. that. I love yeah. that. Well, so where as we get out of here, where uh, where where are you guys as a company now? And then what's next? Mm-hmm. Well, so we're um, you know we're an early stage company um, and uh, building up our our business. Um, we are working very closely with a handful of clients to really deliver the types of successes that um, that we think are going to advance them and their brand. We believe very, very deeply in making sure our customers are successful. So it's important for us to um, make sure that we're really doing a great job with that um, because it's about helping them achieve their aspirations. And mm-hmm. so we want to make sure we do that. And then from there, it's about really growing this concept of... Um, you know, commerce isn't a platform, it's functions. Mm. And those functions should be available mm. everywhere brands and consumers meet. And mm-hmm. if those functions are delivered in the right way, mm-hmm. then brands are free to create again. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, that's where we're really pushing mm-hmm. you know, a lot of our energy around helping brands make that possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked a lot about the psychological difference between shopping and buying. And it sounds yeah. like your tool has the flexibility to service both sides of that equation. Mm-hmm. And it just depends on what interface you want to serve up to make yeah. that easiest and yeah. simplest for the, yeah. for the consumer. You know, we're seeing a, um, that's exactly right. Is that right? And okay. uh, for certain. And there's this, also this interesting thread which is happening okay. in the market where it used to be we would market to a consumer, whether that's in the physical or the digital world, yep. with the intention of creating an inspiration mm-hmm. uh, to then create footfall. To be, to, to be this store. linear process almost. Right. Yeah, right. Right, where, right. you know, it's the classic funnel. Yeah, right? right. Where, you know, I will market to you, I will drive traffic, you will come to my physical or virtual place, you will then add things to a basket, there will be attrition, and eventually someone's going to check out. And yeah. that's my funnel. Yeah, right. Well, for we ask ourselves, particularly on the web, why? Mm-hmm. When you're having a marketing experience that results in a transaction, 
why are we running a funnel? Mm-hmm. Um, why aren't we making the experience the shop? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we merge those two? So mm-hmm. we're seeing this uh, coalescence of um, how do I inspire and then how do I transact in the moment? Mm-hmm. And how do I create that moment yeah. and how do I commercialize that moment? Absolutely. Yeah, shop to buy that much right. faster. Yeah. Right. Now, this has been awesome. I think this has been one of the best interviews we've done, one of the most insightful interviews. Lots of nuggets to think about in here. So, yeah. thank you, Jameis. It's nice to catch up. Yeah, for sure. It's great to catch up. And of course, there's one thing we still have to do for all our loyal uh, Omni Talk listeners is we have to ask you, how millennial are you? Okay. So, are you ready for this one? I, I think so. All right. So, as you know, we, we ask these questions not to judge your age, but to just, <laughs> to, just to see how curious you are yeah. intellectually about all the things that are changing, especially from a technology, yeah. technology perspective. So, question number one. What would you prefer, a nice vacation or an expensive automobile? Vacation. I figured as much. I figured as much. If you could be doing anything right now, what would it be? Uh, well, here having a podcast with you. <laughs> of course, of course. That, that's one hell of an experience. My dream has been fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, question number two. Do you still own cable or do you still have cable, I should say? Uh, I do not. You do not? No, you pulled the plug cut, on cable. How long has it been? Uh, a little over a year. Good for you. Yeah. Good yeah, for it's you. Been, uh, what pushed you over that edge? Um, well, we were much more with any of our TV watching as a family, and yeah. we're a family of six, so we were okay. much more destination-driven in our TV watching yep. so, um, and in our entertainment. So we would you know, go to Netflix or mm-hmm. Amazon Prime or mm-hmm. any of those videos. And, um, and so we found that just there really wasn't much on the TV. that right. we, you know, And so we wanted to be more choosy with mm-hmm. our time. And uh, you know, I initially, initially approached it as a cost-saving exercise, which right. hasn't quite borne out quite because out now out. we really? have all these services that we never right. thought we'd have. Right. But uh, now we definitely cut the cord. And it was a shocking moment in the family, but um, people are adjusting. It's kind of like we were talking about fine to watch is now faster for your family, yeah, I imagine, yeah, too. Yeah. Um, all right, question number three. So let's say you go out to dinner. Okay, mm-hmm. Maybe you go out to dinner with some friends and the check comes. How are you paying that check? Are you divvying out some cash to pay everybody? Or are you using one of these fancy new things like Venmo? Um, well, so mostly uh, I'm the one picking up the check. Oh, you know, okay. All right. if I'm, well, if I'm out with family or business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, right. I'd yeah. really like to be able to Venmo <laughs> with everyone. Um, hasn't played out well for me yet. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, because everyone else has to get there too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. On that adoption curve. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And everyone else has to be willing. I haven't quite got the kids to pick up the check The yet, kids can't do that. I'm working on yeah, it. Yeah, I'm about yeah, yeah. And, and you're not going to ask business associates too. But what if what if when you're out with your buddies? What are you... How are you splitting that At that, that point, it's usually cash. Cash, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm still the same way. I'm not quite on the millennial curve on that Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been there. Uh, okay, this one's a little more personal. Last okay. question. At home, yeah. are you sleeping on a traditional box spring mattress, or have you kind of pushed over to the other side and gone with one of these direct-to-consumer memory foam mattresses, like a canvas or yeah. a purple? Or... I'm still on the box spring. Awesome, yeah. 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 So, so are we. Any yeah. reason why? Um... I think at the, at the last time I purchased a mattress, <laughs> <laughs> it was probably not an option. Right, um, right. They weren't it was, around yet. It was a uh, it was a frustrated purchase. It was a you know this has to go now and right. the mattress has to come in. So right. it was a you know let's go out yeah. like Saturday morning. This is had must stop. Yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. that was the last time, and that's been a few years. Yeah, but. and I still like them better too. I'm the same way. So actually, yeah. we 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 kind of nailed uh, for us together. We were kind of on the same curve okay, there, good. so yeah. kind of right in the middle. So that's good. Yeah. Um, well, hey, if people want to find out more about Molten, uh, what what should they do? They should go to molten.com. You know, find everything you want there. You know, want to explore the product if you're technically minded. You can get full access to the product there and have a look. And obviously, you know, contact us through the site or. 
know, find me on LinkedIn, whatever. Awesome. Uh, awesome. That's great. And again, thank you so much to Jameis Driscoll, CEO of Molten. And as always, for all the loyal listeners out there, be careful out there. <laughs>